Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk. Today we're going to be learning all about kidneys because March is Kidney Month and we hope that everybody listening is going to share this show with everybody they know and help educate them what they can do to maintain kidney health. I know that people don't always think kidneys are all that sexy. The hearts get all the attention. And we're here to help people understand that kidneys really are the master chemists of the body. Today, we're speaking to Bill Poyer. He has extensive background in the kidney community. He was a technician at a dialysis unit, worked up his way to become a nurse, got a master's degree, and now he is the regional administrator of Greenfield Healthcare Systems. Uh, so I'm so get glad to have you here, Bill. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Laurie. It's a pleasure. So, you know, tell us a little bit about you have been in the kidney community forever. And what do the kidneys do? What do the kidneys do? It's a real important question. And, and, and you were right. Um, the kidneys aren't the sexiest and the heart does get all the, uh, the attention. But without the kidneys, um, the heart can do what it does. So when we talk about kidney and kidney disease, it, it really um, affects every organ system in the body. Um, so the kidneys are kind of, they're like two little bean-shaped organs that kind of sit um, just uh, slightly below the rib cage and near the spine, um, and they have a, a, an amazing uh, role in the health of an individual. Um, so kind of what happens is that... Uh, during the day, the, the kidneys, but you have two of them, and you can live with one of them, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they filter the blood um, and produce, uh, produce what's called urine. And um, what urine is, it's composed of the waste and the extra fluid that the, um, the kidneys take out of the body. Well, and you know what's interesting is p- somebody told me that your kidneys are about the size of your fist. They are. And I thought that was pretty interesting because um, my kidneys must, or when I had kidneys... <laughs> They must have been pretty small, <laughs> but they did a lot. <laughs> they, they do a lot, and they, you're right. They're relative to the size of the person that has them. Well, so what what are some of the reasons that kidneys can be damaged? There's, there's lots of things that can cause kidney, kidney um, damage or, or kidney failure. Um, there's disease states that can um, harm the kidney, and we'll talk a little bit more about those. Um, and then there can be trauma. Sometimes trauma can cause people to have kidney damage, so um, like being in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Well, and my kidney failure was caused from E. coli bacteria. So I actually had some food that, um, you know, had this bacteria that my kidneys didn't like. Absolutely. You know, the whole Chipotle thing that we heard about for, and I love Chipotle, by the way. I don't want to, I love their places, but they had that outbreak of E. coli throughout their restaurants. And that's one of the reasons that people can have injured kidneys. Absolutely. And sometimes infections as well Mm -hmm. that are treated can cause kidney damage and eventually to kidney failure. Well, my uh, my mom had had that. She had got a really bad urinary tract infection and she didn't have it treated and then it, it took a hit on her kidneys. Yeah, a real common uh, thing that people have, strep throat. Um, the strep uh, bacteria can actually do the same thing if it's untreated. 
So the key is if you're having any symptoms, not to wait to go see the doctor because antibiotic care at the early stages is critical, correct? It is critical, absolutely critical. Um, and, it's, and it's funny that you mention that because there's a whole bunch of symptoms that occur with people who might have kidney disease, um, but people kind of mistake them for other things and they don't have them checked out, um, which is, I think, key to really... Uh, Catching things early as, as possible is, is so important. Well, and you know, the second reason my kidney failed because was because of high blood pressure. And I've had a lot of friends who've had to go on dialysis because they just didn't pay attention or monitor their blood pressure. And you don't really feel any symptoms with your blood pressure. You really don't until it's too late or until you're like in the final stages mm-hmm. of, of kidney disease. Um, so again, um, early detection is key. Um, so I, you know, um, another another uh, disease state is diabetes. Um, so people who don't manage their diabetes well can end up on uh, dialysis as well. Well, one of the things that it was explained to me about high blood pressure and diabetes is like, you know, and, and I like this analogy because the kidneys are like have really, really tiny veins in them or I don't filters. And when your blood pressure is high or you your glucose or sugar levels are too high, um, blood pressure is like the pipes and they just keep pushing through it and it scars it because the blood's going too fast. And over time, it just scars them till they're not able to work properly. And and, you know, it also affects your eyes because they have little veins and and you don't really feel anything with high blood pressure unless it's astronomically high where you have a headache and about ready to have a stroke. Absolutely. And, you know, statistically, about two-thirds of all of uh, uh, end-stage kidney disease is caused by those two things, diabetes <laughs> and high blood pressure. Well, well, and I have a confession to make because, you know, I'm Miss Kidney Advocate, right? Sure. And... My husband has borderline blood pressure problems. And just, you know, right at the cusp, because I think there's different guidelines, like you want your pressure, um, and, and, you know, you need to talk to your doctor about this who's listening, but, you know, 120 over 80 is like a guideline. If it's over 80 or over 120 or 130, there's some different statistics out there. But his blood pressure was 140 over 90. And, and, uh, you know, I have a blood pressure cuff sitting on the table because I take mine all the time because now it's a little lower, like 100 over 60. And I just never took his. And I'm like, there's something wrong with me because I'm advocating for kidney health. But my husband right here who is healthy and fit and, you know, never has been sick a day in his life has borderline blood pressure problems. And I think that's a testament to the fact that he probably didn't feel anything either. No, and I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel the need to like, you know, give me your arm and let me take your blood pressure. And and so I think all of us need to take that blood pressure cuff and go around on kidney month and take everybody's blood pressure. <laughs> great idea. That is a great idea. And in and the more people blood pressure we take, the more points we get. And I don't know what those points would equate to, but karma. (laughs) And, you know, one of the things with with diabetes, and, you know, I know there are people who had diabetes and didn't even know they had diabetes until they, they showed up and realized that they were kind of managing it, they felt kind of bad, and then they ate some sugar and they felt better. 
and it was impacting their kidneys. So um, I guess everybody needs to get a blood test to, to ensure what they're, if they're at risk for diabetes. Certainly advocate for some um, health maintenance type things, so seeing your doctor regularly um, so that they can check those types of things that you know you're asymptomatic with you don't you don't have any symptom or you might think it's something else but they um, having a routine to have that check regularly is, is important it, it is it's um because your kidneys compensate you you don't really need a hundred percent of your kidney function to be okay exactly can you explain a little bit about that how your kidneys you know the the, the body is um uh, an amazing organ in itself um, all of all of your organs, uh, they have some capacity to decrease in what they do and still function and serve the human body in a way that, you know, keeps you running at normal speed. Um, and the kidneys is one of those. Um, and it isn't until, you know, a large portion of the kidney becomes damaged that you, again, would see symptoms and you might think you need to see a doctor. And do you know what some of the warning signs of kidney disease are? You know, there's actually... Uh, you know, there's there's a myriad of, of uh, signs that people might experience. Everybody's different. Some might experience some of them. Some might experience just a few of them. It's, it's really different. But here's some of the more common ones. So uh, you're more tired, or you have a really a huge lack of, of uh, lack of energy, having trouble concentrating. Um, sleeping, sleeping is a real important one too. If you're having trouble sleeping, that could be a, a symptom of. Uh, maybe heading into some kidney disease. Um, your skin, your skin becomes really dry and itchy all the time and nothing seems to fix it. Um, and your urine, your urine is a, a real telltale of all uh, some of the things that could be happening with your kidneys. Um, the need to do it more if you see blood in your urine or if your urine has a funny, uh, foamy uh, consistency to it. Um, those are things uh, that uh, might indicate that you're having some kidney disease. Um, or edema, certainly swelling, uh, ankle. People um, usually, uh, that's kind of a late symptom, uh, but your legs will swell. You can get facial edema, so swelling around your eyes, those things. Um, and then again, your appetite, that's a, that's a big thing too. So you have a poor appetite or you have a consistent nausea and vomiting. Well, and it is, it's, it's some of the symptoms can cross over to other things, but you can get a simple blood test and urine test to know where your kidney function is. It's really easy to check that out. Can you tell a bit, little bit about the blood test? It is. There's um, there's um, uh, a blood test that's called uh, a creatinine, and it measures a certain um, level of uh, a substance that's in your blood. And if your creatinine is raised, that's an indication that you have uh, some, some, some disease process going on. And also, another simple test is checking for protein in your urine. Mm -hmm. uh, protein should never be in your urine. If there is protein in your urine, then um, that's a sign that you've had some kidney damage or you may be progressing along kidney disease. Well, and as you get older, your kidneys are going to decrease in function anyways. It's just part of the aging process, right? <laughs> that's absolutely the truth, you know, as we get older. Um, but one of the, you know, the risks, the risk groups, uh, anybody over 60 is at risk for developing kidney disease. Yes, your kidneys will, well, you know, they'll grow a little bit slower as we age, but they, again, you should never have these heightened um, creatinine or these uh, or protein in your urine, even if you're older. 
Well, and what's wonderful is if you catch it early, there are medications that can help with protein in the urine because, again, the protein is like a, a, a crystal, and when it goes through the kidneys, it scars them. <laughs> and it's the same thing with diabetes, the sugar pushing through your your veins scar them. This is my, this is my um, layman's visual <laughs> of how it, how it hurts the kidneys. And also, you know, um, imposing some dietary restrictions also can help you um, when, when protein is in your blood, you want to decrease it. So um, having some uh, dietitian counseling as well um, is important if you're seeing that. Well, and I know um, I see a lot of things on the Internet about, you know, eating a very low-protein diet if you have kidney disease, and, and people need to check with their doctor on this because I think some of the literature has changed that people were eating a low-protein diet and they become so, um, their albumin, their protein levels became so low that they became weak <laughs> and, and couldn't fight off infections. So we hear that a lot, like, oh, I'm, I have kidney disease and I'm just going to not eat any protein. And there are risks for not eating um, protein. And you need to manage it. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Um, as, as far as, the, the, you know, the kidney takes out other, other issues as well. So... Um, the, the diet will help with some of that that the, the kidney might not be filtering out so uh, well, such as, you know, high potassium foods and things like that. It, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's um, well, I've missed kidney girl. I've lived it all my life. So I didn't even realize that, you know, renal wasn't a common word. I thought everybody knew the word renal. And because, you know, I learned the word renal at the age of two and thought it was popular. <laughs> Most people don't even know what renal means. Um, you have to say the word kidney. So who who would you say are at higher risk for getting kidney disease? You know, certainly um, anybody can have chronic disease, but, but, you know, people who have history of diabetes, certainly anyone who has high blood pressure, a family history of kidney disease, so a mom or dad, a brother, sister, uncle, cousin, um, people who are 60 years or over, um, and then there's the people, uh, persons who might belong to a population group that has a high rate of uh, diabetes or blood pressure, such as African Americans or uh, Hispanic Americans, Asian Pacific Islanders, and Americans. It's interesting how those four groups are at a higher risk. You know, I know there's been a lot of debate in the community, but a lot of it is is dietary changes. <laughs> sure. That have that have happened that have made them more predisposed to um, these illnesses. Yes. So, so if you learn you have kidney problems, and hopefully you don't, and you've your family member has just taken your blood pressure, and it's normal, um, how often should you know you be checking? I mean, how often do you check your blood pressure, Bill? You know, uh, for me, I, I I don't have any of the risk factors that we just talked about, so I make sure that I do my. Uh, my yearly physical, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I think after a certain age, you probably might want to do it twice a year. But then, and then again, if I was having symptoms, I might check it a little, little more often. Um, but definitely, uh, seeing my uh, PCP on a regular basis is, is kind of a key thing. And I'm sure you've witnessed some of the patients in your clinic that came in the emergency room. They didn't have any idea they had kidney disease and they never wanted to go to the doctor either (laughs) they didn't you know a large percentage of the patients that we see um that uh 
that come to hemodialysis, a large percentage of them didn't know they had anything wrong with them until they went to the ER because their, you know, some of their symptoms have worsened, like the nausea or vomiting. And the doctor comes and tells them, you know, um, did you know you have kidney disease? And they are, they're kind of clueless. And they had no idea. And, and what I can speak to that as a, as a patient is, you know, it's, it's kind of like sticking your, your finger in a hot pot. You know, it's in a warm pot and it gets hotter and hotter and you don't notice the change. It's the chronicity of any illness. You start to feel bad, but you can't pinpoint exactly when it happens. So you start to think it's normal. And or this is this is just how you are and don't realize that there's actually a physical problem going on. And it's, you know, it's what one of our traits is denial. (laughs) So we got to try to work through that and make sure that we get checked out so we can be on a more preventative level than, you know, reactive level. People can have kidney disease and um, it won't progress to end stage renal disease. You can be you can be at a certain level and just stay there forever. Right. Uh, if you manage it and uh, see your doctor regularly and do all the things that you should be doing to support where you're at. And I also think it's it's really important to mention, you know, you need to know what medications are good for kidneys and which ones aren't. I mean, you need to talk to your doctor, but I don't take any anti-inflammatory medication. That's, that's so true. Absolutely. The, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, um, people with kidney disease probably should be talking to their physicians before they take those. Yeah, and they've even, you know, I I say this all the time, but I have um, different people I know, they go get an MRI, and the doctor just orders contrast, and you need to really understand if you need contrast, and because there have been problems with some past contrasts that have black box warnings that actually cause kidney failure. Absolutely. And, um, you know, even Tylenol. I mean, I had a friend who took so much Tylenol every day, it caused problems with her kidneys. She was taking like six to eight a day. Wow. And, you know, just thought it was normal. Every two hours, I'm going to take a Tylenol. And and your your kidneys are filters, and you can't, you can't, uh, they just can't take <laughs> that medication all the time. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, and not to say that, you know, uh, under normal circumstances, um, contrast is, you know, it, it doesn't affect people. Um, but if you, if you have kidney disease, uh, doing that contrast could actually push you uh, to end-stage renal disease. And, and it did my dad. Uh. Yeah, he, um, it, 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 um, he ended up dying of, um, and he's actually my adopted dad, but he ended up... Um, um, you know, it pushed him to kidney failure. Sure. And it's just a reality, and we need to be aware and be our own advocates wherever we're at to make sure that, you know, we're not going to get one, to solve one problem, we cause another problem. Exactly. But, but um, well, well, thank you so much, Bill, for providing some information um, about kidney disease and I would like to challenge everybody to go out and get a blood pressure cuff. They're like $30, $40. Go around and take all your family members' blood pressure because I think that that can really, you know, make a difference and potentially save their life. And for all of us who've progressed to having kidney failure, 
it's scary. Um, you know, dialysis and transplantation is an option. So, you know, don't preclude you from wanting to pull your head out from under the covers because you're afraid of the monster. With that, well, <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you at Kidney Care Partners or National Renal Administrators Association. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.